Jonah 3, verse 10 to 4, verse 4. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and he did not bring on them the destruction that he had threatened. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. He prayed to the Lord, O Lord, is this not why I asked when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee for Tarshish. I knew, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than live. But the Lord replied, Have you any right to be angry? Welcome to Debbie DeVries Ministries. Now, Jonah's angry with God, and why? Well, bottom line, for God being true to his character. And his character is he's compassionate, he's merciful, he's slow to anger and abounding in love. So the first question that I have is, how did Jonah know this about God? How did he know that this was God's character? It's a great question. And, and maybe, well, probably is, because he knew how God treated him. And he knew how God treated the Israelites. He knew this to be God's character. Now, Jonah's not the good guy in this account, n- not even close. He's just a regular human being, and he's just like you and me, and he, except that he was called by God to be a prophet. And when given a second chance to get it right, he only does the job out of duty. He's not really interested, and these enemies experience the same compassion, love, mercy, forgiveness, and patience that he experienced and he continued to benefit from. Now, Jonah, as I said, is not the hero, but God is. Now, when you read verses 5 to 11 in chapter 4, um, it tells of God's patience. And, and Jonah is once again in trouble. And for whatever reason he, he has for feeling what he does about the Ninevites, he has to put it aside. Now, hear me well. I understand completely that saying those words out loud are far easier than doing or far easier than implying. Because you see, it's not for no reason at all that Jonah doesn't like these people, but God is telling Jonah to put his feelings aside when it comes to the spiritual needs, when it comes to the spiritual crises that the Ninevites were in. It's also interesting to note, and very encouraging for me anyways, that God doesn't just walk away from Jonah. He doesn't just wash his hands of him, so to speak. Instead, no, what does he do? God is compassionate. Not only with the Ninevites, but with Jonah once again. He uses this time to once again show Jonah, or more accurately remind Jonah, who who he is to Jonah, what he's done for Jonah. Jonah goes outside the city when you go on to read the rest of the chapter, and he makes himself a place to sit under, or um, yeah, like a, a, a shelter. And God, um, and he watches to see what God's going to do to those Ninevites. Can you relate? Can you relate? Have you ever wished destruction on someone rather than the merciful transformation that God is very capable of doing if He so chooses? Now, it's very hot, we read, extremely hot, and God provides extra comfort for Jonah, because he's compassionate, by providing a vine big enough to shelter Jonah from the scorching heat. And all of a sudden, Jonah's comfy. He's comfy, therefore he's happy. He definitely has high and low emotions, doesn't he? He's all over the place. Uh, You see, then God sends a worm, we read, um, and the worm destroyed the protective vine. Then the east wind 
and the sun were so hot that Jonah grew faint. And once again, our Jonah says, literally from the Bible, it would be better for me to die than to live. Jonas, then God says to Jonah, do you have right to be angry about the vine? And Jonah replies, I do. I am angry enough to die. And then verse 10, I'll read it for you. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this vine, though you did not tend it or make it grow. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and many cattle of wealth. Should I not be concerned about this great city? And that, my friends, is the end of the book of Jonah. It ends with that question. Now, as hard as it may be for us to understand or even get our head wrapped around, God cares about our enemies as much as he cares about us, not more, but certainly not less either when it comes to their and our spiritual well-being. As God pleases, he speaks to and has mercy on whom he chooses. He is compassionate to those who need an attitude adjustment as well. Have you ever needed one of those? An attitude adjustment. He's compassionate. He is compassionate on those who have wrong thinking concerning God's compassion, like Jonah. Sometimes we get ourselves in a whole lot of trouble with our narrow-minded thinking, don't we? when it comes to God's compassion. Now, I'm not going to say, uh, I actually am going to say it one more time. God will have mercy and compassion on who he decides to, which means it's not who you decide, but it's not who I decide either. Here's the thing. He had compassion on me. He speaks to me. He teaches me. He loves me. And oh boy, is he patient with me. And you know what? I'm not so hot myself sometimes. And yet, yes, he's those things. He's compassionate, merciful, slow to anger, and he's abounding in his love for me. So back to the the, uh, ending of the, the book with a question, a question that God asked Jonah, but he also puts forward to us. You have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and it died overnight. And should I have not, should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left hand, and so also many animals? Now, in a way, in a way, God is asking, can anyone put limits on God's mercy and forgiveness? The answer is no. No, you can't. Jonah is angry with God because of the mercy given to the Ninevites. He is angry about the vine withering, and he is angry about the unbearable heat. And then, and then God comes, and with his words, he lays bare the heart of Jonah. In essence, what he says at the end of the chapter, uh, the end of chapter four is this. You pity the plant and get angry when I destroy it, But when I pity 120,000 people who don't know their right hand from the left, you get angry with me? It just doesn't make sense. Ouch. Ouch. Now, what do we do with this? Now, the message and lesson God is teaching Jonah is for you and I as well. And oh boy, what a lesson it is. Now, hard questions need to be asked. Do we understand that we ourselves are living daily and for all eternity under the safe protection of God's graciousness, his compassion, and his slow to anger and abounding love. 
Do we understand that God's ultimate purpose for the Israelites, and then really for us as well, is to reach out to other people, those we like, those we dislike, and even those we loathe, in order to demonstrate the love and forgiveness that you, my friends, and I, my friends, live with the benefits daily. I've decided actually to once again share a little happening in my life, and and maybe it will, like it did for me, help us to start to have just a little grasp of this measureless goodness of God. And and here it goes. So uh, it was probably about 10 years ago, I met a man in a social setting, and um, he left quite an impression on me. Now, I only met him once in person, but that was quite enough for me, quite enough. And let's just call him Bill for today. Now, Bill was foul-mouthed. He was very rough, and worst of all, he had no problem mocking God for no real apparent reason. And I walked away from that social setting uh, with a very distasteful opinion of this man. And then to make matters worse, I heard a few few years later through the grapevine that he was involved with some shady behavior that, in my opinion, was selfish and possibly very harmful to his wife, his children, and his grandchildren, which made me only scoff him all the more. Now, here's the thing. About three years ago, Rob came home and asked me if I remembered Bill. How could I forget such a horrible man? I actually thought that because to me, he was horrible. Rob told me that he ran into him and that he looked terrible. And as it turned out, he has cancer. And oh boy, time moved on. And I had put this wretched man out of my mind. But God was not done with me yet, nor was he done with Bill. On March 15th, 2018, I went to bed and all seemed well, but I couldn't sleep. And I started to pray. And within my spirit, I don't know how else to describe it, but a battle began. And it was a war. My insides were pleading for Bill. My gut was wrenching. I'm not exaggerating when I'm telling you this. I tossed and I turned. I cried out over and over and over again for Bill. I kept saying, Father, if you do not have mercy on Bill, as you had on me, then it's hopeless. Hopeless. I beg you, Father, have mercy. Reveal yourself like you did for me. Give Bill eyes to see like you did for me. Give Bill a heart that is softened in order to recognize you, to run to you, to confess to you, to be forgiven by you just like you did for me. I literally fell asleep about 2 a.m. and I promise you it was due to exhaustion. Now when Rob and I were having our morning coffee on the 16th, he said to me, you had a rough night last night, what was wrong? So I told him what happened. Now three days later, Rob came home from work He found me sitting in the living room and he asked me, why could you not sleep the other night? I said, you know, but no, Rob made me say the words out loud. So I repeated, God had me hard at work battling for the soul of Bill and I fell asleep out of exhaustion around 2 a.m. Rob said, Bill died in the early morning, the early hours of that morning, the morning in which you were battling for him. My friends, it undid me. 
I do not know exactly what happened in the final hours of Bill's life, but I do know this. A man who is really no different than me, a man who did not know from his right hand from his left hand until God came along, was about to have an encounter with his creator, whatever that looked like. You see, God sent me to work, to pray, to battle, to care, to love, to cry for, and to cry out for. Why? Why? Because can anyone measure the goodness, the compassion, the love, the mercy of the God who created all in his image? And the answer is no. God can, as he chooses, speak with anyone he so pleases to, and he can give eyes to see who he is, ears to hear that he is their creator, their savior. A mind to understand their need for a savior and a softened heart to bow before the throne of God and to receive all that Jonah received, all that the Ninevites received, and all that you and I have received. So I'm going to end this podcast today just like the book of Jonah. My friends, can anyone, anyone measure the goodness of God. No. It's unmeasurable. God's goodness is unmeasurable. Until we meet again. Amen.